0: Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 8. Certainly a simple passage of Scripture, and certainly one you already know. The goal this morning is not for you to understand the parable of the sower, although we'll make every effort for you to understand it perfectly and completely. The goal this morning is for us to obey the parable of the sower, which tells us how to hear. Every time the Word of God is opened, and it's open to you every day of your lives. Every day I send you a proverb. Every Wednesday night we meet in some different form or fashion, and the Word of God is opened. And twice on Sundays we come together in an assembly to hear the Word of God. Each one of those nine opportunities, you make a choice, Whether you're going to be a wayside hearer, a stony ground hearer, a thorny ground hearer, or a good ground hearer. It's not the Lord's responsibility, it's your responsibility. You make that choice and you're making it right now. You made it last night and you made it this morning. You made it in the way of preparation and you're making it in the way of focus and concentration right now. I love every one of you and I will do my best and am trying to do my best to save all of you in the way that the Bible uses the word saved and that is to a fruitful life, to a life of righteousness and wisdom. But you will not escape by not paying attention to his word. You may escape me. Who cares if I catch you, confront you, Or have you excluded from this church for your hypocrisy and fruitlessness? Those are all light matters in comparison to meeting the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth when he asked you why his word wasn't important to you. The parable of the sower, Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 4. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it, and choked it and other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit and a hundredfold and when he had said these things he cried he that hath ears to hear let him hear and his disciples asked him saying what might this parable be and he said unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God but to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they, which when they hear receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they, which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart Having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret, that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid, that shall not be known and come abroad." Take heed, therefore, Mm -hmm. how ye hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Amen Amen and amen. This is the word of the Lord. These are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and they are sober words. Mm -hmm. We do not need to review planting. Or farming this morning because that's insignificant to the proverb, since he gives us such a wonderful expl- explanation of it. I'm sure that you're all familiar with the parable of the sower and I'm quite sure that you understand its application. But I doubt if you fully understand the weight and the gravity of its application. You will not play with God's word. And while I care about every one of you, I care about my King, the Lord Jesus Christ, so many more times that I can say that the laughter that will ring when you have to face Him, if you have squandered all the opportunities He's given you, will be great. Proverbs 1 describes it in graphic detail, beginning at verse 20, when wisdom says that she can't wait until your calamity and your fear comes when she can laugh at you because you did not want to listen to her when she offered her wisdom in better times. And these are not words of mere threats. This is a promise from the Lord Jesus Christ. That 18th verse is by far the most important verse of the parable. We don't need to read about seeds, and we don't even have to read much of his explanation of the parable because we already understand what it means. What we need to do is humble ourselves and tremble before his word do we understand the 18th verse, which is the bottom line conclusion and application of the parable. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. Don't worry about how someone else is hearing. Don't ask theological questions. What kind of ground do we have here? None of those issues are important. The whole issue and the whole parable and its explanation is how do you hear the word of God that is sown to you by the preacher that God sent you? How do you hear it? Take heed. This is important. I have just given you a strong warning. Take heed, therefore. And the therefore is because nothing that is hid is not going to be revealed. You can come in here dressed up. You can come in here and sing. You can come in here and smile and be friendly. But your heart and its infatuation with this world, your heart and its lack of exercise toward the Word of God, your heart and your sleepy little mind is all going to be exposed before the Lord Jesus Christ. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear the whole lesson is how you hear how do you hear Monday through Saturday when I send you a daily proverb with a lesson from the Word of God how do you hear on Wednesday nights when we have our family night suppers our men's meetings our Bible study groups or our women's meetings how do you hear in our two assemblies on Sunday Jesus said blessed are your ears and blessed are your eyes for hearing and seeing things which many others wished they could hear and see. You go to your Old Testaments and there's nothing there that you can find that even compares with what I teach you. Mm -hmm. Now is that because I'm some great and gifted speaker? Not a chance. It's because of the greater knowledge that God has given us in the New Testament. I have an advantage over anyone that spoke in the Old Testament because they didn't know what they were talking about in comparison to what we have in the New Testament. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1 that the apostles, the the prophets that wrote those things, did not understand what or what manner of time concerning those things that they wrote. We know what and what manner of time. We know the timing. We know the names. We know the details. We know the nuances of all that the Old Testament spoke of because we have the New Testament. But what do you do? How do you hear the things that are given to you? Brethren, this is sober. Religion is not just another social activity for one day of the week called Sunday. Our religion is our devotion and discipleship as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he does not play games. And I am thankful for the first time in my life to work for someone who doesn't play games. Our military is a joke. American business is a joke. They all play games nowadays. The discipline is gone that we once had. Family discipline is gone. Fathers are no longer the feared and reverenced beings and and in positions that they once were. We've lost it. But I'm thankful that we have a Lord Jesus Christ that I get to serve that doesn't play any games. And we're all accountable to him. And if you're too tired this morning, you are a fool because you have poorly managed your life. If you're distracted this morning, you are profane because you have poorly prepared for this morning. If you were holy, you would have prepared. If you were wise, you would be rested. There's four kinds of hearers. And every one of us at times have been all four. If the truth be told, we have to admit that, don't we? I've been a wayside hearer in my life. I've been a stony ground hearer. I've been a thorny ground hearer. And I believe I've been a good ground hearer. The truth will be told. I said if the truth were told, we've been all four kinds of ground. The truth will be told. There is nothing hid that shall not be revealed. And with what measure ye meet, as Mark would put it, that's the measure that's going to be given to you. There is a proportionate and direct relationship between God, how God deals with you and how you deal with his word. You will be given blessings according to the way that you deal with his word. Did you kind of get that hint? from Psalm 119, verses 169 through 176? Was that hint there at all? That that psalmist kept appealing to the fact, I keep thy word, I do not forget thy commandments, I delight in your precepts, I talk of all thy commandments. Did you see all those references to the attention that the psalmist gave the word of God, and based on that, he could ask for God's blessing? Well, here we are this morning. We don't have to be long. You already know the parable. Wouldn't I waste our time talking about seeds and dirt? And I don't have to spend very long with each kind of ground. I just want to get your attention, and the Lord wants your attention. What kind of ground are you this morning? What kind of ground will you be tonight? What kind of ground were you this past week? And how will you be next Sunday? You're making the choice and you will bear the consequences now and later take heed therefore how ye hear let's look at the first ground we'll look at the lord's explanation verse 12 luke 8:12 those by the wayside are they that hear matthew would tell us but they don't understand Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. The salvation here is not salvation to eternal life. It's a little mind with little knowledge of the Bible that thinks every time you encounter the word saved that it's talking about salvation from hell to salvation to heaven. That is not the way the word is being used here. There's many more salvations that we need, and one that we need is from heresy, sin, and fruitlessness. Now, how can we tell that that's the case here? Because who is Jesus addressing this to? His disciples. He's addressing it to his disciples that he has already segregated from the general congregation that heard the first half of the parable. He has pulled his closest followers around him and is giving them the explanation of the parable and telling them, I'm treating you different than the others because you are chosen to know the truth. These are his disciples close followers, already born again, already saved, in a sense of being born again and having eternal life. But they needed to be saved from their foolishness. They needed to be saved from fruitlessness. They needed to be saved from sinfulness to wisdom, fruitfulness, and righteousness. And so that's what the salvation here is. This is a word that is used in places like 1 Timothy 4.16, where Paul told Timothy, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Timothy, if you'll be a faithful minister watching your personal life and watching your doctrinal teaching, you will save yourself and them that hear you. Now, there isn't anything to do with eternal life in that passage. It's all about saving him from foolishness, carnality, sinfulness, and heresy. That if he would take heed to his personal life and the doctrine, he could be saved from those things. So let's take care of that and get it out of the way. So many people want to get into this parable and try to figure out which ground is regenerate, which ground is elect, and which ground isn't. Irrelevant. Doesn't matter. No value for any thought like that I can tell you right now what kind of ground you are you are a wayside hearer because you want to play with things that don't matter when you come to the Word of God this parable we are told exactly what the bottom line should be it's verse 18 take heed therefore how ye hear don't try to figure out what kind of ground it is that hears a certain way it's take heed therefore how ye hear and that's the issue at stake. Don't let your mind wander. If you're off wondering what kind of ground is this, then you're a wayside hearer because you don't understand the purpose of the parable and the devil's going to come and snatch away the real seed because I'm not sowing that seed that you're playing with. The seed I'm sowing is, take heed therefore how ye hear. Right. Regenerate men can hear, like all four kinds of ground. Unregenerate men can hear like the first three kinds of ground. And that's all I need to say. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now a wayside hearer, the word goes in his ear, and it only goes to his heart in the sense that he has a consciousness that he just heard something that sounds like truth. That's all. It is not deep in his heart, and it's not truly in his heart. It's just using heart here as our internal apparatus of recognition that, yes, my ear heard noises, and those noises were words, and those words communicated something about God. That's a wayside hearer, and that's what it means when it It comes into his heart. It doesn't mean it's deep in his heart and it doesn't prove anything about his heart. It just means he recognized that he just heard some preaching. The devil comes and snatches it away and the devil comes quickly to do that. Now the devil can't take away the word of God unless you let him take it away. That's why verse 18 is there. Take heed therefore how ye hear. The devil can't take away the word of God For a child of God that is sitting here this morning, the devil cannot take it away unless you let him have it. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I don't believe the devil is all powerful. Omnipotence and Satan don't belong in the same paragraph or on the same page. Jesus Christ that is inside you by his spirit is greater than he that is in the world. We are more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. It is your choice. It is not the devil's choice. But if you are lazy this morning about hearing, if you're a wayside here with your mind in various places, the devil will come and snatch it away so that when you walk out of here, you don't remember a thing. He has stripped you clean. The wayside was simply that ground that was the way around a field or through a field where men would walk and it would be hard-packed dirt and a seed would just lay there and the fowls of the air, those are birds. For those of you that haven't been in the Bible for a while, the fowls of the air are birds, and they would come and eat that seed because it's laying there exposed on a place where it cannot grow. It's not tossed down in the soil that's been turned and where the soil will be turned over it where its roots can reach down. It's on the sidewalk. It's not going anywhere. And the birds come and get it all. Ever watch Birds with Bird Seed? I don't care how small the seed is, they've got good eyes. And they'll get it all. And you'll be stripped clean when you walk out of here because you're lazy, stupid, foolish, of low intelligence, or you didn't prepare. You say you're so cruel as a pastor. I'm nothing compared to what it's going to be like when you meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing at all. You wayside hearers, after the devil takes away everything that you heard, the Lord's going to take away that which you think you had. He's going to strip you naked and give it to the man that does pay attention. I love the way the Lord works. See, the Lord doesn't think like all the communists and socialists of this world. He he takes from the poor and gives to the rich. That's how the Lord operates. That is how spiritual blessings occur in this life. He takes from the poor and gives to the rich. Can I prove that with the Bible? I've already proved it by reading verse 18. Notice what it says. For whosoever hath, now that's a rich man to him shall be given God will give more to the rich because he wants the rich to be richer and whosoever hath not that's the poor from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have God's gonna make him poorer. God will strip the poor until they're poorer, and he'll give what he strips from them to the rich and make them richer in the parable of the talents there was a man that was given five a man that was given two, and a man that was given one the man with five was a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. He went out and multiplied his talents and had 10. The man with two was a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ and doubled his and had four. The man with one was a lazy Christian. He went and put his in the ground. When the Lord came calling and said, "'Where is mine with some return on it?' He said, "'Well, I'm just too lazy to do that "'and I was too afraid because you are quite a great king, And so I've buried it, and here it is. At least I kept it for you. And the Lord will say, take that talent away from him and give it to the man with 10. So from 5, 2, and 1, we now have 11, 4, and 0. I love the Lord. It's the first time in my life that I've been able to work for a righteous employer. A righteous and glorious king. You know, when I used to have to try to persuade departments to be more productive and make money, I knew that my words carried very little weight because no one today knows how to enforce discipline on a, on a company, on a military unit, or on any part of our society because we don't function like that anymore. We are a lazy society. But not so with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It doesn't matter who you are, your knee will bow before the Lord Jesus Christ and confess that He is Lord to the glory of God your Father. We don't want to be wayside hearers. A wayside hearer is someone who comes in here and takes a seat but hasn't prepared to hear. They hear the words but they don't grasp them. It says in Matthew and Mark, they don't understand. Understanding is grasping the importance of something and applying it to yourself. They hear the noise, and so there's recognition that they did hear something that came from a preacher, and it had something to do with the Bible, and it had something to do with God, and something to do with Jesus Christ, but they don't grasp the importance of it and apply it to themselves. That's what it means not to understand it. They're wayside hearers. The seed does not get anywhere where it can bear fruit. It's got to get into our heart to where we understand, oh, that is what the Lord wants out of me and to have commitment to go along with it. I will do that for the Lord. Those two things don't happen to a wayside hearer. A wayside hearer just hears the noise. And they're in here right now. There's wayside hearers in here. And it's a pity. We have a sermon like this this morning to see if any of them might move from a wayside hearer to be a good ground hearer. Probably not. But it's in the Lord's hands. But there are wayside hearers in here. The Lord knows all of you. I know most of you. And most of the rest of the congregation knows you as well. A wayside hearer. After a sermon, go up and engage them in a conversation. Do you know what happened to me at work this week? That's how a wayside hearer responds after a sermon. It's very simple. You don't have to have discernment of spirits to figure out a wayside hearer. Just go engage them in a conversation and see what they talk about. Because if the word of God was important to them, they would be talking about the word of God. There's 164 other hours in the week that you can waste your breath and saliva and our ears and minds by talking about what happened to you this week. Because those things are unimportant. They're vanity and a vexation of our spirits in comparison to the blessed word of God. Blessed are your ears that hear and your eyes that see. That is the blessing that we ought to be most thankful for and that we ought to talk the most about. Wayside hearers. They don't understand because they don't prepare. They're too tired from inadequate sleep. It's not too tired because you have too much to do. It's because you don't know how to manage time. Because if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you would manage your time so that you could come here prepared because this is the most important thing you will do in your week. Not that your pastor is the most important person to hear. The word of God is the most important thing you will ever encounter during your week. And if you loved him, you would come here prepared. It's time management. And time management is based on how much you love the Lord, not on how much you have to do. Everything can be done in 168 hours that needs to be done. In fact, you can have a whole lot of time left over to do some reviewing of what you heard the previous Sunday and to do some reading in preparation for what you're going to hear the next Sunday. The wayside hearer, he comes too tired to hear. He skips the preparatory reading that the pastor sends out. Does the pastor send that out for some foolish reason or does he want you to have an advantage of not being a wayside hearer by getting in here prepared. If you already read Luke 8, verses 4 through 18 last night and thought for just a couple of minutes on them, you're already prepared this morning to go in a little deeper. Your heart, the soil's already been turned. The soil's been turned. It's black. It's beautiful. There's earthworms crawling through it, creating ventilation holes, and you're ready for a seed to land. But now if you watch television last night, you don't belong here. You belong in the first church of Satan because you opened his pulpit in your home last night. So you ought to be at the first church of Satan lighting a candle and asking for the demons to come and take possession of your soul because that's what you did by watching television last night. I don't care what, it was, what was on it. Every good ground was preparing themselves by reading the word of God. A wayside hearer is saying, Satan, I want you to have advance notice to come and snatch away the seeds tomorrow. So I'm going to watch TV tonight. You're wayside here by arriving late in a tizzy. Does everybody know what a tizzy is? That's arriving in a dither. Do you know what a dither is? That's where you're all upset at each other and upset at yourself because you didn't get here on time. You were dressing in the car and the children spilled their cereal in the car seat, or whatever happened, you get here all upset. That isn't good ground. That's a wayside hearer. And it's a shame. And it only happens because you're lazy. If you weren't lazy, you'd get up on time. You could be here a half an hour early, along with half the congregation that gets here a half an hour early. They must be crazy to be here a half an hour early. I hope that rather... Their mentality is the same as unable to read about the psalmist. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. And they want to get here. They know it's a blessed place to be, it's the most important engagement of the week. So they want to be here with their brethren. You are a wayside here by not preparing. You're too tired. You skip the reading. You arrive late in a tizzy. You have carnal activities too close to the preaching. If you engaged in carnal activities on a Saturday evening, your mind is polluted. And it is much more difficult for you to be a prepared hearer on Sunday morning. Just a fact of life. It's a fact of human nature. And we can look in the Bible, we can see the preparation that went in when men approached God. The Jewish calendar, the Jewish clock, ran from 6 p.m. the evening before. That's when your day started. 6 p.m. the evening before is when you started getting prepared for the next day. Because the Lord looks at days this way. The evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the second day. Wise living starts at 6 p.m. at night because that is preparation for the next day. Wise living is not hearing the snooze alarm go off for the fourth time, stumbling out of bed, Wondering what you're supposed to do today. Wise living starts the night before. And I've taught that in other sermons. The Lord, when you you approach the Lord, sometimes he'd had them prepare for days before he would come to them. Days, not just a few hours. If you cut off activities at 6 o'clock on a Saturday evening, and see, this isn't Phariseeism. This is discipleship. And if you have the two mixed up in your mind, it's because you're confused. You don't understand. We don't have rules to have rules. We have suggestions that disciples will want to leap at and grab a hold of. Because if you change your carnal activities to spiritual activities on a Saturday evening, you'll be prepared come Sunday morning. You'll be ready for the word of God to be sown in your heart. A wayside hearer. They don't come with a ready mind. Remember the Bereans were noble because they received the word of God with all readiness of mind. Their minds were ready. If your mind is preoccupied, if your mind is tired, if your mind is distracted, you're a wayside hearer. The devil's going to take that word away. You'll walk out of here, not remember it, and nothing will change in your life. Except this. He'll strip you bare of anything that you think you have and he'll give it to those in the congregation that deserve it. That is the word of the Lord. You are a wayside hearer by having weak focus. You know what weak focus is? It's laziness. You know, they call it today ADD. ADD is just laziness. I can cure ADD, and all it takes is a 39-cent dowel. Easy. Easy. I'll cure ADD in any child. All of our grandparents could cure ADD. They'd never heard of it. Attention deficit syndrome or disorder. Our grandparents didn't know of such a thing. All it is is a lack of discipline because there isn't any more in our society. But that little stick called a dowel, which they used to call a switch, it's amazing how much attention it can get out of someone with a disorder and for adults it applies just as well if you can't focus it's just because you're lazy you've watched too much TV if you watch TV you're really a moron because you can't think for yourself television does all the thinking for you it gives you the visual stimulus so that you have a picture like a comic book in your poor little mind and it gives you the words in your ear so that you don't have to think about sentences so you have a lazy mind. We have an MTV generation. You go to the average church today, the big successful church today, they've got to put the sermon up on a big screen. The poor little people can't handle it otherwise. They're used to TV entertainment. But see, God didn't send his word that way. And do you know what? I love it that he sent it the way he did, that only those who want to apply themselves will ever understand anything out of it. He sent it in a book with words, and those words are very boring to the natural mind. And unless you have a spiritual mind, it's a horrible book to read. That is why it says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 about the condition of our generation, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine because they're lazy thinkers, they're lazy listeners, they're lazy viewers. They can't handle verbal instruction because... Decoding verbal instruction and applying it to their heart is too much work. So when you take someone with low intelligence and he watches TV and then he comes in here tired, guess what we have? We have a wayside here that's paved himself a couple of times with concrete. The seed's never going to sink in anywhere and the devil is going to come and snatch it all away and leave the sidewalk bare. Nothing will ever grow. The Word of God takes focus. You can't come in here and be entertained. Preaching was never entertainment. If you leave a sermon feeling good and excited and entertained and warmed, but you didn't learn something, it wasn't Bible preaching. Bible preaching, according to Nehemiah 8, is reading the Word of God distinctly and giving the sense. That is not an entertaining art to read the word of God distinctly and give the sense I'm giving you the sense right now of what it means to be a wayside hearer to hear but not to hear with understanding to hear in such a way that it's floating loosely for the devil to come and snatch away so that when you walk out it's all lost a wayside hearer you're a wayside hearer by letting things distract you you're daydreaming what'd you do yesterday what are you gonna to do tomorrow? What are you gonna do this afternoon? Sometimes you can be a wayside here by taking notes because it distracts you from listening to what is being said. Sometimes it's because you have a sore back. Sometimes it's because you have a, if you have a sore back, bring a cushion, bring a heating pad, bring ice packs. I'll get you some dry ice. We'll, we'll do something for you. We'll let you recline at a 45 degree. Bring a lounge chair in here. It wouldn't be the first time. Do some of you have good memories? It wouldn't be the first time we'll bring you a lounge chair so that you can be comfortable. We'll change chairs. You can stand. You can stand on your chair. Don't let anything distract you. It's too important. Do you know when we read in the Bible that great preaching service they had in Nehemiah 8? The whole congregation stood there from morning till noon. They stood I watch you people, you get tired standing for the psalm. I watch you shifting, and you want, you're want you hasty to sit down as soon as I say be seated because your legs are tired. That's just laziness. We need to come prepared. Don't let anything distract you. You know, you'll let a person beside you distract you, a child in front of you, your full bladder. Don't drink a quart of orange juice on Sunday mornings. It'll help. Eat a tube of crackers on the way to church you won't have to go for eight hours there are things you can do not to be distracted and I'm not really trying to be humorous because I'm not really very funny but you can do things to come and to be able to concentrate on the Word of God I don't care if you have one of those backpacks with a straw that loops around your neck that runners use nowadays and you have to suck on Mountain Dew to stay awake that wouldn't bother me one bit as long as your eyes were alert and I knew you were following the Word of God. I wouldn't care about that pack. Go ahead and draw on your Mountain Dew. Whatever it takes not to be a wayside here. A wayside here is just a lazy here that didn't prepare. His mind is loose. His mind is wandering. He's thinking about other things. He's half asleep. He's dozing. And so the Word of God just floats in, floats out, and the devil takes it away so that he's stripped clean and he walks out of here with nothing. There's no change in his life. There's no conviction. There's no greater commitment. It's gone you know you're a wayside here if you don't pray for the service before you get here you need to be praying for yourself for the Lord to open your eyes and ears and for the Lord to open my mouth that I can make the gospel manifestly plain the Bible tells us to pray for those things you're a wayside here by not reviewing things that you do here considering it thinking about it going back and looking at the passage again talking about it with other people if you don't do that you're a wayside here because you're not taking the effort to turn the soil and put it over that seed so the birds can't see it. So that you can get it down there to where it can grow and bear fruit. You're a wayside hearer if you're you're rebellious or stubborn by wanting to resist what I teach you from the word of God. You don't have to deal with me. You have to deal with the Lord Jesus Christ that taught this word, and this is what he has for you this morning. Stubbornness and rebellion is as the sins of witchcraft and idolatry. That's what the Bible says. That is not a pleasant comparison, but it's a true comparison. You're a wayside ear- hearer by applying what you hear to other people instead of yourself. If you sit there and are thinking about other people, that's the seed just bouncing around on the sidewalk. The devil's going to take it away because a good ground hearer is grabbing it for themselves. Right. What can I be? Can I hear better than I do? Can I be a better hearer? Am I bearing as much fruit as I should be in my life? Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. Not take heed, therefore, how they hear, but how ye hear. Wayside hearer is one that's full of pride, that doesn't like to be corrected or rebuked. You know, I've said some things this morning already that probably are getting on your nerves if you're guilty of those things. I'm not the idiot that did them. I just happen to be the, you know how many times I've told my children that? A child's looking at me with horror on their face. Daddy's got to spank them. And they're looking at, hey kid, I'm not the idiot that did it. Don't blame me that we're going to have to have a little encounter with the dowel. You're the one that did it. I'm just showing that I love you. And that's all I'm doing now. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at yourself for being so carnally minded, so mentally lazy. So spiritually profane and make a commitment that you're going to do better. That's all you have to do. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at yourself and change. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Repent and do the first works. A stony, I mean a wayside hearer is one that doesn't appreciate the great privilege we have of hearing the Bible taught. That's a wayside hearer. Wow. Wow. That's a wayside hearer. You don't really prepare. You're lazy about hearing. You don't give close attention. You're easily distracted. Your mind is thinking about other things. You apply it to others. And so the devil comes and snatches it away. And you never grow. Because you're not convicted about the holy things of God's word. Because they're lost to you. And brethren, if the truth be told, and it will be, we've all been wayside hearers at times. May God forgive us. And may we move forward to the stony ground. Verse 13. They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. Rocky ground or stony ground. Matthew would call it stony ground. Stony ground is where there's a lot of shale under the soil or other stone, and it's just a little bit of dirt. So while the seed lands in it, it springs up real quickly. There's moisture there because it's sitting on a rock. There's moisture in that ground. It springs up, but the roots can't go very deep. So when the sun comes out and beats against it, it just withers away. We get excited about it. We're not wayside hearers. Stony ground is different. It's got a little bit of soil. It made some preparation. It wanted to hear the word of God. So it comes in here, it hears the word of God, it it reads a proverb, it takes the time to read a proverb. You know, it is a committed disciple of Jesus Christ. It allocates five minutes out of 1,440 in a day to read the proverb. It's a committed disciple. I speak as a fool. And it reads it, and it wants to learn the truth, it wants to grasp everything that it can possibly learn from the book of Proverbs. But then it encounters a little bit of difficulty in following the Lord Jesus Christ, so it gives up. That is a stony ground hearer. Affliction comes, and it quits. Because the Christian life doesn't turn out to be a bed of roses, it quits. It's a quitter ground. You know, the first one was just flat-out lazy, profane. This ground is a quitter. They hear something, they they get excited at the initial hearing of it, and then when they encounter a little opposition, a little persecution, a little bit of affliction in their life, they quit. The Bible tells us about such, such people. You know, Jesus warned that we would not do that. He said, "I remember, and I've taught you this just recently, I came not to bring peace but a sword. A man's foes shall be they of his own household. If you hear the truth of the gospel and then encounter some family difficulty, don't be discouraged Be encouraged. Jesus would say, (laughs) rejoice and be exceeding glad because that's the same way they persecute the prophets that were before you. You're in great company. But a stony ground here doesn't think that way. They get out there and the sun begins to beat on them a little bit and they quit. I don't want to have to put up with losing my friends. I don't want to have to put up with family division. I don't want to have to put up with explaining this again to them as to why I don't do that. I don't want to have to give that thing up in my life. And so their stony ground here is they never bear fruit. They spring up and you're thinking, oh, there's going to be fruit from that sermon. And then nothing happens. Nothing changes in their life. The truth be told, we've been stony ground hearers before jesus said that a true disciple is a disciple that continues in his word it's not one that starts well it's one that finishes well the christian race is not a sprint it's a long distance race remember my use of hebrews 12 1 from just a couple of weeks ago can you remember that though can you apply that you don't have to conquer the world in one day but can you consistently, day after day, do what the Lord expects of you as a wife, as a husband, as a parent, as a disciple, as a believer, as a worker, as a master, as a citizen, as a neighbor? In all those things that God expects us to do, all of which are manageable, His, His commandments are not grievous. Right. You can do them, but it's a, it's a struggle to do it every day and to, right. to bear fruit. It's not getting excited here and going out, and then because it's difficult, quitting. We cannot do that. We must not do that. Did you know that the the apostles in chapter 14, after Paul and Barnabas had gone throughout Asia Minor and had started a number of churches, they then reversed course and went back through all those churches before they went back to their home church? That was the first evangelistic trip. It's Acts 13 and 14. It tells at the end of 14 that they went through all the churches exhorting the disciples That through much tribulation, we must enter into the kingdom of God. See, that's the New Testament message. There is trouble coming if you want to follow Jesus Christ. And there's reasons for that. This world hates Jesus Christ, and the Lord's going to allow it to happen to see how great your faith is. He's going to try your faith to see if you truly love Him. Exhorting them that we, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. You know, the Bible says all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We have to prepare our hearts and minds when we come in here. I want whatever God's word has for me. And if I end up a martyr in some area of my life, you know, we live in such a pampered situation as Christians. You're not going to be the next chapter in Fox's Book of Martyrs. Not yet. We're not even close but you need to come in here prepared. I will be a martyr in some area of my life if the Lord shows me something that I haven't been doing and it's going to cost me, I'm going to do it. That's not a stony ground hearer. Now, a stony ground hearer may say it here, but then as soon as they get outside and realize, oh, you mean they get at home, you know, and they've got the remote in their hand, and the devil's saying, you need me, you want me. I'll make you happy and so they hit the on button see then it's a little too hard it's a little too hard for them because they're quitters they're never going to amount anything because they're quitters they can't handle it they may understand when they're in here and so they spring up with joy I want to be a more committed Christian I wanna follow Jesus Christ in a way that he would bless but when they get out of here and the opposition gets a little tough then they wither away. And that's what Jesus described with the stony ground. They spring up with joy even sometimes, but they don't last. Our Christianity is measured by us lasting. You know how much that I love the zeal of Jehu, but I hate his life because Jehu started with so much zeal and the Lord commended his zeal, but he ended up worshiping Jeroboam's calves. We don't want that kind of zeal. We want a, a, a moderate zeal that will continue its course, not just jump up on Sundays, filled with joy that they've heard something that they need to do in their lives, We want to go home and do it. And that's the good ground here that we're working toward. Let's go to verse thir- let's go to verse 13 of Luke chapter eight. "They on the rock are they, which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, I want verse 14, excuse me, verse 14. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. The stony ground hearer is the Lord summarizing the negative deterrence that this world offers Christians. Summarizing negative deterrence. The sunshine that wilts the plant. Negative things. Opposition, persecution, tribulation, affliction. All those bad things that can come into your life. You know, you lose a job. The Lord doesn't answer your prayer request five minutes after you pray it, so you quit. You know, that kind of a person. The world throws all these negative things as a deterrent to following Jesus Christ. But the thorny ground here are all the positive things the world offers. This is the world trying to seduce you away from Jesus Christ. Not cause you so much pain you don't want to follow him by persecuting you, but by enticing you away with, as this verse describes, the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of this life. The the worries, the money, and the hobbies of this life. Put whatever words you want in there, the Lord's got them covered. He's got everything this world has to offer covered in verse 14, and it's the thorny ground. The plant, again, springs up with joy. It's not a wayside hearer. You're in here, you hear the word of God, you recognize it as something you ought to be doing to please God more perfectly. But you get out of here, and you go to work on Monday, or you go to the gym on Monday, or whatever is your distracting device, the weight's that keep you from running your race properly. And it's choked out by thorns that grow up around the plant and keep it from getting the nourishment of the soil and from the sunshine that would shine upon the plant's leaves. The thorn grows around the plant and chokes its life out so that it doesn't amount to anything. And that is a hearer that does hear the word. It enters his heart. He responds with joy, I want to do that. I should do that. But he goes out of here and immediately gets distracted. His job is too important to him. Bodily exercise is too important. Let's think of things the Bible teaches. His family is too important to him. His leisure time is too important to him. Pleasure, hobbies are too important to him. And so it's choked out. The word never bears fruit because he never gets down to actually putting it into practice because he's distracted with something. What are you distracted with? We all have our temptations. We all have our weights that, ease, that, that hinder us and the sins that easily beset us. What are your weights? You're an internet surfer. And if the truth were told, you waste nine hours a week surfing the internet. You say, well, what's wrong with using the internet for nine hours a week? Did you give nine minutes to the Proverbs. You know, I don't know what it is. I'm asking you to ask yourself. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. Are you a thorny ground hearer? Do you get excited about hearing the word of God, but then it's choked out because you get too distracted with the worries and cares of your life, with riches, the pursuit of money, you know what the Bible has to say about that, or with pleasure, hobbies, and other interests that steal your time. The Bible of Jesus Christ in one verse nailed all three of those. That's a thorny hearer. A thorny ground hearer and they won't amount to anything. They'll never bear fruit with patience because it's going to get choked out by the cares of this life. And what what does the Bible say? The love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveting after have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I am telling you this morning how not to be pierced through with many sorrows. Give up on chasing money. Wherever you can make a choice, give up on that. It's a waste of your time. It's vanity if you get it, and it's vexation while you're getting it. Solomon said the whole thing's a mess. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. And where do we find out about God's commandments? By the word being sown through verbal preaching from a minister that God sends you. And so that's the whole duty of man, is to pay attention to preaching and to go out of here and do it and to not let things distract. How about the the rich man that came to Jesus? Jesus confronted him with his money and that man who said that he wanted to follow Jesus, he went away sorrowful because he wasn't going to part with his money. It had choked out any fruitfulness from that man. He, He wasn't a wayside hearer. He heard... He recognized that is the son of God. I want to follow him. But the Lord Jesus Christ every time knows what is in every man's heart. And he will try you with what you are most vulnerable to to see how much you really love him. What is your thorn bush? What grows up and chokes out the word in your life? The cares of this life, your children, your children can choke out. Children aren't more important than your soul. What kind of a parent are you going to be if you haven't given heed first to your soul? Children can choke out the word of God by you not having enough time to be a good ground hearer and enough commitment. And any, There are many other things and you've got to ask yourself, what is it for me? Lord, show me what it is in my life that grows up around my life, and from Sunday to Sunday, when I jump up with joy, it chokes out the nourishment and sunshine that would cause me to be more fruitful. What chokes out my life? What is it? Could I simplify my life to not be a thorny ground hearer? Could I get rid of some cares? Could I get rid of some riches? Could I forego some pleasures to be a better hearer? You know, we have a generation now that's love, that are lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. There's a whole generation of thorny ground hearers. The Bible says that about them. You know, they're all in love with pleasure. They would hate a service like this because there's no pleasure in it. You cannot serve God and mammon. No. Right. You know, the idea of a successful Christian businessman is a delusion from the devil. To ever set that as your goal, I want to be a successful Christian businessman, is to set yourself up for a fall. That is to plant a thornbrush right next to you. Why don't you just focus on being a successful Christian? Right. Let the Lord take care of the businessman part. The only reason you're thinking about the businessman is because you're in love with money. That's the only reason that word gets into the sentence. You are in love with money. You are in love with your pride and the pride of life. You want to be a successful businessman more than you want to be a Christian. Because if you had your priorities set by the word of God, all you would care about is being a successful Christian and let the Lord take care of the other part. And if you're able to handle riches, he will. If you're not, he won't. Don't plant a thorn bush. What is your thorn bush? We all have them. And we need to get them out of the ground. We want to be good ground hearers and not have thorn bushes grow up and choke out the word of God. You know, Demas couldn't handle it. Demas couldn't handle following the Apostle Paul around because he loved this present world. And so did Lot. Lot couldn't handle just following Abraham around and serving the the Lord God Almighty. He pitched his tent toward Sodom. He wanted the good life. And the good life means you will never have a life because those who will lose their life for my sake shall find it. And those who try to find their life for their sake, they're going to lose it. The good ground is in verse 15. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. There is a good ground hearer, Now, don't take the word good and ground and shove it into Jesus Christ's explanation. It's just that seeds grow best in good ground. When you're broadcasting seeds, some hit the sidewalk, some hit the stony ground where there's not much soil, they spring up, then wither away. Some fall among the thorns, they grow up, and then the thorns choke them out. But some fall on great soil where there's neither stones nor thorns nor a footpath, and they bear much fruit, and here it's a hundredfold. In a proverb in the last couple of months, I sent you about the return that there is in planting. And those of you who read your proverbs read about it because it's pretty interesting. You know, one kernel of corn generates typically one ear of corn, sometimes two, freakishly three, but only sometimes two. But on that one ear will be 800 kernels. So that is a pretty good return. You put one kernel in the ground, you get 800 back. And the Lord's example here is something that would bear a hundredfold. It hits the good ground, it grows up to maturity, and with patience, in the time of harvest, it has the return of a hundred of what was put in the ground. Fruitfulness comes out of that life. The seed is sown, the effort is weak by the pastor, his words are poorly chosen, his, his mannerisms basically undo much of what he says, and yet, the seed lands in your good heart because you look past those things. That's just a wayside here. Why is he so nasty? Why is he so sarcastic? Why isn't he taller? Why doesn't he wear a different suit, et cetera, et cetera? That's just a wayside here. The devil sends them into every church. But good ground looks past all that and says, Look at that passage. If I don't take heed, like it says to take heed, I'm going to be judged, and I'm going to be judged severely. I want to be that good ground. And so it is. It looks past all that. Good ground, which in an honest heart. An honest heart is a sincere heart. If you didn't prepare, if you're upset with me, if you're distracted, you don't have an honest heart. An honest heart is someone who comes in here sincerely desiring to learn from God's word. No hypocrisy, no playing games. No trying to avoid the force of the lesson because you don't like me. An honest heart. One that is based in sincerity and integrity. I love the Lord, and I have made my efforts to be here. Give me everything that you can so that I can go out of here and be better for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a good heart. It's forgiving of the speaker. It's eager for what God can give it. An honest and good heart. That's how you receive it. The Bereans were that way. Do you know how we say honest and good in one word? Noble. Noble Bereans. Because they had honest and good hearts. They received whatever Paul had for them with a ready mind. That's that's an honest and a good heart. Their minds were set. I want to hear everything Paul can give me. I'm going to check them out in the Bible, but I want to hear. I want to learn. That's a Berean. And that's what the good ground is like a good, an honest and good heart, having heard the word, they don't just hear it. They don't just understand it. They don't just grasp its importance. That is a weighty point. That applies to me. I have things in my life I should change. See, the other ground does all that. They keep it. They keep the word of God. They hear it and they go out of here saying, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make the changes immediately and implement that in my life. You know, we have a whole passage in James chapter 1 that talks about the Bible being a mirror. You get up in the morning, and you look in the mirror of God's Word. You look there, and you've got sleep dirt in the corner of both eyes. You've got a couple pimples on your face. You know, where'd the sleep dirt in your eyes and the pimples come from? It came from the Word of God. You thought you had a pretty decent complexion. But every time when you hear the preaching of God's word, I hold a mirror up in front of you that, sh- that truly reflects what you are. Yeah. You've got blemishes. Amen. Yep. A wise man looks into the mirror of God's word, and it's preached nine times a week. He looks in the mirrors of mirror of God's word, he sees the blemishes, and he immediately reaches for the makeup to cover the blemish. He immediately makes a change to cover that blemish. The wayside hearer might hear it, but you know what the Bible says about him? He he looks in the mirror and straightway he leaves the mirror and goes out in public and forgets that he's ugly as a dog's rear end. He straightway forgets it. How does he forget it? Because he he came as a wayside hearer. Because it's those that hear the word of God and do it. You know how the you know how James applies his little lesson. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Because the man that hears and does, the Bible says in James 1, that man will be blessed in the deed. There is a blessing for hearing the word of God and doing it. You will be blessed. Some in this church are more blessed than others. Usually, the reasons are very visible. We don't have to play guessing games because the Bible tells how to have a blessing. Hear the word of God and keep it. Look into the mirror of God's word, see your blemishes and change. That man will be blessed. The Thessalonians were like that. Can you think way back to when I preached on 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, how they turned from their idols to serve the living and true God? Paul came into their town of Thessalonica and preached to them that there was a living and true God in heaven and that their idols were just superstitious chunks of stone and they turned from those idols. To serve the living and true God in much affliction. See, they had much affliction. They weren't stony ground hearers. When the sun shone on them, it didn't bother them a bit. They kept right on growing. And the apostle Paul said, your testimony has spread throughout the whole earth about how faithful you've been in spite of difficulties in your life. They weren't stony ground hearers. They were good ground hearers. They bore much fruits that Paul... Could talk about them wherever he went, and he bragged on them even to us in those two epistles. And he said, Wherever we go, they tell us what kind of entering in we had to you. They tell us how the seed bore fruit in Thessalonica. They tell us about it, Paul said. Would to God everyone could see that about the families in this church and about the individuals in this church. Are you growing? What does growth really mean? Good ground bears much fruit. Are you growing in the fruit of the Spirit? Now that's simple. You know, fruit, fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. Are you growing in love? Defined by 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Joy. Are you a joyful person or a complaining, moody person? Are you growing in joy? Peace. Are you at peace about everything? Or are you upset about most everything? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Can you put up with other people offending you? Can you put up with this seating arrangement? Can you put up with your pastor? Are you long-suffering? Are you growing in those things? Are you more long-suffering now than you were a year ago? Oh, if you're a good ground hearer, that's why we don't get together every day. I do send you something every day. But if you're hearing the word of God and taking it in, in a good and honest heart and keeping it, you will be growing in all of those measures. You will be growing in righteousness, and that is keeping the law of God. You will be growing in wisdom. You'll know how to judge in matters because you'll be filled with the word of God, and the Lord will fill you with righteous judgment. You'll be able to see a situation and immediately know what is right or what is wrong there. Are you growing? The growth depends upon you hearing carefully, preparing for the hearing. And when something applies to you, confessing it to the Lord and making a change in your life. It's hearing the word of God and keeping it and bringing forth fruit with patience. There's that long distance race. It's not bringing forth fruit for a week. It's bringing forth fruit over the long run. Fruit with patience. Patience is enduring affliction. Patience is enduring adversity and difficulties. Patience is the long run. Are you bearing fruit that way? Every time we hear the word of God, we make a choice. Every one of us, including me, we make a choice. Am I a wayside hearer? Have I really not prepared at all and the devil's just going to take it away? Am I a stony ground hearer? Will I give up if the going gets tough? Am I thorny ground a hearer? Do I really have some other interests that distract me too, more than they should and therefore I never bear as much fruit as I ought to? Or am I a good ground hearer? And if I'm a good ground here, I'm going to turn the soil just a little bit better anyway because I want to be a better ground here. Right. Instead of bearing 30-fold or 60-fold, I want that 100-fold. I want to do the best that I can and bear as much fruit as I can. We make that choice. Mm -hmm. The Lord Jesus Christ sits in heaven as the blessed and only potentate. If you treat his word lightly and are a wayside or a stony ground or a thorny ground hearer, he will take away from you even the knowledge, the wisdom, the righteousness, the understanding, and the blessing that you think you have. He will strip you because you don't deserve anything. If you're a good ground hearer, he will give you more than what you get even from your good ground hearing. He will bless you beyond that. He will bless you beyond what I'm able to give you if you're a good ground hearer. Not only will you get what I can give you by his leadership and direction and from his word, he'll give you even more. To him that hath, to him shall be given more. And from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he thinks he has. God will strip some bare in this congregation. There will be no fruit. You will see them. You have seen them. And others will bear fruit. They will grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and bear much fruit. May the Lord bless us to take heed how we hear. And it happens nine times a week. And it ought to be a very important part of our lives where we focus, prepare, and set ourselves to the law of God that we want to hear and learn from it. Would to God that all of you and I prayed daily, like the eight verses we read from Psalm 119, about the love that that man had for the word of God, that we will not forget it, that we will talk about it, that we will keep it, and that we want more understanding of it. That was a man who was obsessed with the word of God. And if we truly knew the Lord and the value of this precious word that he told his disciples, many righteous men have desired to hear and to see the things that you hear and see, and could not. If we fully appreciate the blessing that we have, we would be obsessed with the word of God as well. And every time we get to come here and hear it preached, we would not only endure it, we would enjoy it, and we would rejoice at the opportunity to hear something once again and to go out of here and perfect our lives a little more perfectly that we might please him who has loved us, saved us, and whom we shall soon meet. May the Lord Jesus Christ, by the grace and power of his Spirit, bless each of our hearts to be good ground hearers. Take heed. Therefore, how ye all hear.